It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. I was going to make a joke, an inside joke, but I'm not going to because no one else will get it. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) You never saw that movie? Are you kidding me? We're watching it then. I want to see your face one. What the? Oh my God. (laughs) Is he dead? (laughs) Wait, no. You're kidding, right? Oh, shit. It's delayed reactions. It's delayed reactions. I am so done. All right. And back once again. Coming at you from Buffalo and New Jersey, it's delayed reactions. So we have this trend every week of kind of starting out the episode talking about what we've recently caught up on which I think is good I think we should do that I think we need to give it a fun name maybe like the, yeah what are you thinking the reaction rundown our weekly reaction rundown maybe weekly reaction rundown or weekly reacts Mm-hmm. Or I like it. If you can think, because if we call it the year. rundown, is it is it too like if it's just the rundown? Is it too like oh well, everyone has a rundown? Yeah, I was just trying to think of some alliteration and since reaction is <coughs> in there, but you're right. Uh, we'll put that on the back burner. Something to think for next week. But catch okay, me up. Idea. What have you I'll been watching or not watching? Want to watch? Um, What's going on? Um, okay, so, you know, my Gossip Girl escapades continue. <laughs> I, I am... love it so much. <laughs> so I'm currently in season four, which when I blew through season three, I was like, what? I'm already through season three. Oh, no. Because you know what? Okay, you did you get to the Hillary? Sorry. Yes, I passed the Hillary Duff. I passed the Hillary Duff part. Hillary Duff has a... Uh, she has what what do you call it it's not a guest appearance i guess it is she's in like several episodes she's in at least like like four or five episodes yeah what do you call those like a long running guest appearance it's a guest appearance but it's like yeah i'm sure the name is obvious and i'm just not thinking of it um but you know when you're watching a show that you're binge watching and you know it's something old Okay, so this happens to me because I only do delayed reactions to things. I don't watch things when they come out. (laughs) Um, And you know that there's a definitive end to the show and you start realizing like, oh shit, I'm going to run out of episodes to watch soon and then what am I going to do? So you start watching slower. Yeah, so I I mean it kind of worked because we had to do a lot of prep for this episode. Uh, So I didn't really watch as much this week, but I watched an episode today and I just got to the point where uh, Juliet has been introduced as a character. We know her. We know that she schemes and we don't like her. And it is revealed to everyone that she is behind Serena getting, like, supposedly overdosing on drugs at this masquerade party that Chuck Bass throws. And uh, she drugs her. And then, like, puts her in an, a hotel in Queens. And then she wakes up and calls 911. And she's like, I don't know how I got here or where I am, but I need help. And this so, is season four? Check. This is in season four. So okay. uh, Season four is a good season. 
because they start out in so Paris, far. and I just love that. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that whole episode. But yeah, um, I just love how in every episode they, there's like this huge th- dramatic thing that happens, and then almost immediately it's overshadowed by something else. So like today, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that they just let this girl after she uh, like bought dr- illegal drugs and <laughs> force fed them to this girl for like days. She just gets off the hook because now Serena's moved on to, like, a separate problem. So this girl just kind of, like, goes back to Connecticut, and then we don't, we haven't really heard from her for, like, the rest of the episode. I was just like, what? I <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's been great so far. So that's what you've been focusing on. Um, yeah, I'm going to watch Designated Survivor tomorrow because it's on tonight, and tonight is a Wednesday. That's all I got for now. What about you? That's what I can tell you. I'm finally up on Designated Survivor. Um, Mm -hmm. Love it. Very excited with everything that's going on. Um, I feel like I've watched a lot of stuff. Uh, This is a delayed reaction. I've watched basically the entire first season of The Mindy Project, which I can't believe I, I love it. It's really, it's a really good show just to put on like when I'm cooking or doing something because it's light and funny, you know, it's just a mm-hmm. sitcom. Um, I obviously have seen Mindy Kaling in the media, but like I didn't know that much about her and I feel like I have learned so much now. Yeah, um, she's really cool. Have you watched it before? I've seen, I think I've seen like an episode or two. I have not by any means watched the show, but I did listen to an interview that she gave on a podcast one time and she was just talking about the the similarities between her and her character and the differences and how is it what she is like the job that she has is like what her mom actually did I believe okay she's a gynecologist yeah and I'm pretty sure that's what her mom used to do like owns a practice with two other guys who are just these funny characters and they live in New York and it's just kind of all these funny situations that she finds herself in but I love it because I don't know I think for us in our age granted she is in her 30s in the show it's just relatable in that she's trying to find a like a, a boyfriend and she wants to go out to the club and she's like kind of navigating this young life in the city and she's mm-hmm. so sassy so I can't decide if she reminds me of myself or I just really want to be like her. <laughs> like, so there's this one episode where they they go to this club, like her and all her friends that she works with, and she just, like, assumes that she's going to be invited into the VIP area because she, like, looks hot. <laughs> like, that is so alley. <laughs> I don't that mean that so in a bad you. way. I'm just always about having a fun time. I'm always <laughs> like, okay, Sam, who can we give the eye? <laughs> I don't know. It just reminded me a lot of our escapades in LA. Um, but yeah, so Mindy Project, I'm loving it. Really, the reason I started watching it um, a little while back is because um, I was trying to watch more Hulu original content. In the first yeah. three seasons aren't Hulu, but I think Hulu takes over in the fourth season and it's now in its final season so okay I was just trying to watch more of that stuff um okay aside from that I've been watching a lot 
finally getting around to watching the 70s, the CNN docuseries, watched the 60s like a year and a half ago, and it was great. Oh, so you got that disco event coming up. What did you think of the 70s? Any inspiration? Wait, tell people about the disco thing that you're going to. Buffalo has the world's largest disco historically. I'm not sure how long (laughs) it's been going on for, but a while. A tradition passed (laughs) down from generation to generation, but Uh, only going back several generations. It's uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, so I have a hot disco outfit. Um, No, I only watched the first couple episodes of the 70s, so no inspiration yet. I think disco comes in a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I actually read through like the little about each episode and I think that's maybe the final one so but I already have my outfit no worries (laughs) (laughs) and then um I watched the first episode of Mindhunter have you heard of it um it's a Netflix original right yeah it came out not even a week ago Um, okay I've definitely seen it when I go on my phone yeah well, Netflix has been promoting the shit out of it, so when right, right, you yeah. open Netflix, I'm sure it's going to suggest it to you. Um, yeah. Pretty interesting. I'm not deep enough in it to give any great insight, but um, I'm trying to watch it before it becomes like that Netflix show that everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. Did I'm anyone always... ever end up talking about American Vandal? I feel like we watched it and we were so hype about it and then I haven't heard I mean I also don't have a lot of friends at home but like I haven't really talked to anyone about it other than my brother uh I saw some chatter on Twitter about it um I've heard some funny jokes I don't know I feel like it actually hasn't caught fire yet I feel like it's Mm -hmm. still kind of early I don't know um what I will say is I think it's a type of tv show that my group of guy friends would love but I don't think any of them have watched it yet. I totally see so, that. So at least like in my circle of friends, it hasn't become very prevalent yet. But I think when it does, there'll be a lot of jokes made. <laughs> oh, totally. But I loved it. I loved it too. I thought Who it was, was I talking about it with? <sighs> I'm not going to remember. But I'm, somebody who I was like really surprised watched the entire thing, watched the entire thing. I was like, no way, so crazy. Um, yeah. So, but Mindhunter is good? I should watch it? Um, like I said, I'm still early in it, but it's pretty intense. Um, I, I would say yes. I think people, it's getting really good critics ratings, but not necessarily the best based on what I've seen via, like, Twitter, just your average Joe Schmo's opinion. Mm-hmm. So it could be something that maybe contends for, like, some uh, Emmys or something. I don't know. Okay. Worth looking at. What is uh, what is the premise of the show? Um, You've got this guy who... Let me find the right wording. <laughs> So I don't want to call him the wrong thing. Um, so it's based on a true crime book. And okay. this guy, I want to get whatever his title is right. He works for the FBI um, mm-hmm. in like criminal psychology. But he's like, um, 
learning a lot about psychology and introducing it. This takes place in like the 70s. Introducing it into like police um, protocol or or like trying to. I've literally watched the first episode, so like I can't speak much about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But and and people are like in the 70s not super hot on that they're like this guy's a killer you should just like do a b and c to him and he's like mm-hmm. yeah but if you like understand that he was raped as a child or you know that type of thing like right. maybe you can understand these issues on a different level and find a way to calm him down and like safely take him to this i don't know Mm-hmm. So we'll see it sounds like it something my sister would like, because she likes all that criminal psychology yeah, she stuff. Would probably like it. She would. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that is our uh, weekly roundup reaction. The roundup. roundup. The reaction roundup, and then we'll put uh, the sound of a like a lasso or a whip. Yes. Like a it's the cowboys. <laughs> okay, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Okay. Time to jump into what I am so excited to talk about. Uh, our countdown of the greatest, what are we calling this? The greatest children's movies of the 90s? I think we should call it your top 10 My Halloween Allie Chilton movies. <laughs> top 10. It's it's actually fluctuated a little bit. It's more than 10. We'll get into that. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you gave me so much homework already for this episode. I know. <laughs> Sam is a real superstar. I literally gave her a list of 10 movies to watch, which are not all that great. <laughs> I had I had seen four, so I had to watch the other six. But I, I ended up watching them all because I just needed to refresh, too. Yeah, and I actually did not think going into it that I was going to watch all of them either, but I'm glad that I did, and it was a good middle of October getting ready for Halloween thing to do, I guess. Um, So what would you call the list? The list is, I guess it's more personal to me, but yeah, my top 10 kids Halloween movies, or like if I was 12 years old, (laughs) uh... Top 10 movies that I watched on TV a lot. So, we're going to start with an honorable mention. And the reason this gets an honorable mention is because... <laughs> this is just for me. <laughs> every other... just for me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of for Sam because I knew she would have seen this one and maybe only this one. Um, <laughs> it's true. But uh, no, because every other movie on this list was made in the 90s. And this movie was made in, what, 2004? 2005. 2005. So it kind of is not... Well, we have some 2000s, but that's, like, still close to mid-90s. Um, and the movie is... Twitches. Twitches. Yeah, of uh, course I love that movie. You know I'm a sucker say, for anything so with Tia and Tamara Mowry. Like, so hello. you are probably the expert on this, uh, remind the people what it's all about. Okay, so I actually just watched this one last night. <laughs> Great bedtime story. <laughs> um, so the movie Twitches stars Tia and Tamara Mowry as Alex and Cameron aka Artemis and Apollo. They are twin witches, hence the name Twitches, who are born in the magical world of Coventry 
and uh, they are separated at birth because this darkness has descended upon Coventry and it is threatening to take over everything they know and love. Um, so these two basically like handlers split them up and they're raised by two different families. Um, and then on their 21st birthday, they fate aka the handlers like set them up to meet each other so they meet each other in the store and then they learn all about themselves because they didn't know that they they both knew that they were adopted but they learn that they're sisters they're twins they're witches they have powers their mother lives in this other realm and then they go there they learn about the darkness which is the villain and um the other villain is, um, oh shit, now I can't remember the guy's name. Thantos is the, the other guy. <laughs> and it, it turns out that their mother is now dating the brother of her former husband who died on the day of their birth. So they, they just fight the darkness and then they go back home and they eat cake because it's Halloween and it's their birthday and it's just a great story. If you like Sister Sister, like you're gonna, or if you like movies about twins not knowing each other, aka if you like Sister Sister and if you like The Parent Trap and Halloween, this is the movie for you. Twitches, 2005, DCOM, Parent love it. Parent Trap meets Halloween. Yep. And that's basically all I have to say about that. Honorable mention. Yeah. I'm okay. trying to think if there's anything else I have to say about it because I know you want to move on quick to something else. Um, oh, this is something I didn't know. It's actually based on a novel series of the same name by H.B. Gilmore and Randy Reisfeld. So that series came out in the 90s. And I think in the first book, they it's just about their separate lives. And it's not until the second book, I believe, uh, that they meet each other. Well, interesting. If anybody wants to... If you want to read it. That, <laughs> If you want okay, to do but... your own delayed reaction to the book series. <laughs> Let us know. We'll listen to it. Can't promise if other people will or if anyone listens to this. But uh... <laughs> our, okay, uh, 30 moving downloads. on to our list. So at number 10, we have 1999, Don't Look Under the Bed. This movie, I watched it last night. It terrified me as a kid. I mean, I definitely had nightmares about it. I definitely never watched it in full. I think I only caught glimpses of it as I was searching through the channels and I knew it was taboo. Like, if I watch this movie, I'm going to be so scared and I'm not going to be able to sleep. But it was also sort of like I'm interested in it because I'm scared of it sort of thing. I definitely <laughs> never watched it from beginning to end, though. And so last night when I sat down to watch it, I kind of thought... I was going to laugh at myself for being scared of it as a kid. And and you didn't, right? <laughs> no. It is so... It's creepy. It's It's weird. fucking terrifying, Allie. You can say it. I was scared watching it. It's like, okay, I wasn't scared. But I was like, but it's holy like shit. Weird, I would have right? had nightmares for weeks if I watched this as a kid. And I'm, I'm kind of... I like told my mom, I was like... Hey, I was just like watching another Halloween movie for the podcast. She's like, uh, okay, what? And I was like, thanks, by the way, for not letting me watch certain movies because I definitely would have been petrified as a kid. Yeah. So basically, the gist of it is um, 
your imaginary friend turns into a boogeyman when you stop believing in him sort of thing and so this too, girl if you stop believing in being him too haunted. early <laughs> yeah too early so this girl is like haunted by her brother's friend not haunted i don't know it doesn't we don't really have to dive into well, th- it there's but- there's a boogeyman that's like pulling all these pranks basically like egging a teacher's car uh there was something else with like what was another one of the pranks that they did? It's just all this all this shit is getting blamed on this one girl named her name is Frances Bacon. Yeah, that's a terrible name. <laughs> like why did she have to Why Frances? That's what I kept right. thinking. Like I mean like Francis Bacon, girl. like you learned about him in your history class. I can't really I don't remember any of that stuff, but I just anyway. Not not super relevant. But she's getting framed for all these um Pranks going on in town. Everybody thinks it's her. And then this is when Larry Houdini, her brother's old imaginary friend, is haunting her. But he's like a cool imaginary friend. Like he's so Yeah, cool. was he was he in like Even Stevens, I think? Yes, he was. Okay. That's why he looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the actor that played him is Ty Hodges. Um and so Larry kind of follows her around at first. She's like, who's that? And uh, the thing is, no one else can see Larry because they are older than she is. She's actually, she skipped a grade, so we're assuming she's like 14, but a freshman in high school. Um, and so Larry's like, I'm going to help you figure out who's pulling these pranks. I know you're being framed, blah, blah, blah. And they figure out that it's the boogeyman doing it. And the boogeyman is fucking scary. Like, he Yeah, his fingers, looks, his face. That's what I, I mean. I don't know it's who just, did the makeup, but, like, they did a great job. It's just a very... I don't want to... It's, it's scary, but more than that, it's creepy. Like, it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like... Like, I'm thinking of a horror movie it's not like horror scary it's just like i don't know something's creeping up behind you and it has slithery fingers and looks like the grinch (laughs) long (laughs) slender fingers and long nails one of the creepiest things i found in this movie watching it uh was that there were i'm okay so the music because it's old the movie's from 1999 um i didn't find the music to be creepy and i think that's why we can't really like call it a horror movie because it wasn't that kind of like like it was just kind of campy the music but the but that some of the scenes it being so yeah uncomfortable but there were scenes where like okay so there's a main character in the shot and then in the background there's they do like a rack focus to something with a face whether it was like the mailbox or a doll or whatever and it slowly just like turns toward her and she doesn't see it and i'm just sitting there like oh my god (laughs) i would have been all those like tilted angles Oh, that's a note that I wrote. I was like, canted like so a Mary Kate right? Ashley movie, watching it like this, tilt yes. my head the other way, yes. and back the other way. Yes. Throughout, and that's kind of a theme throughout many of these movies, actually. <laughs> that oh, to- and just it was totally a 90s being, style. Yeah, that and another thing that I found to be not necessarily in every movie, but kind of an overarching theme um, is. Now I lost my train of thought. 
Um, oh my gosh, I don't know what I was going to say. I have something to say while you remember it. Okay. So we're talking about how scary this movie was. Um, it says on Wikipedia that this movie, uh, a lot of parents actually complained to Disney about the movie because they were like, this is way too scary for its intended audience. Like, this is not... I would imagine kids. so. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I can't think of it. I'm going to have to come back to this point that I'm making later. But anyway. Okay. All right, so um, that's Filming took place in Utah. And the main character, Francis, is played by Aaron Chambers, who has been on General Hospital for a really long time. So that's a soap opera. And uh, she's been in like 123 episodes or something like that. So in a lot of these movies, there's like one or two, but sometimes there's a lot of people who like they have, this may have been one of the first movies or projects they ever did. And they've sustained the, uh, they've sustained the career in the industry, even though they started in something like this. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, like, uh, so well, it's moving um, on to number nine yeah, on my let's list. Go to, let's go to number nine. We have Under Wraps. This is about a movie, or this is about a movie. This is a movie about <laughs> a group of kids who basically find a mummy who's alive just out and about walking the streets. Well, he's not out and about walking the streets when they meet him, um, but they kind of they they like activate him him. yeah they (laughs) like reanimate him in a way it's like the something to do with like the moon shining into the room that they were breaking into when they found him um i have very nostalgic memories of this movie uh i look back on it fondly um and I don't really have much to say about it. What were your thoughts? Was this the first time you watched this, it? This was another one. It was the first time I saw it. Uh, so this is another Disney Channel original movie. Um, and I thought it was kind of, like, cute. Like, yeah. three friends. You got, like... So there's three friends. There's the mummy's Gil- obviously nice. The mummy's cool. <laughs> there's Gilbert, Marshall, and Amy. And they're just, like, a squad. And they find <laughs> this... They find this uh, mummy when they're breaking into this like dead guy's house or something like. Well, we, this guy fakes his own death, and uh, it's because he's like trying to avoid paying his taxes or something. So they break into the house and they find this coffin and they activate the mummy and he like comes back to life. But they do it by accident. Um, so of course they're scared of him at first, but then they realize that he's kind of just like a huge puppy. (laughs) And so they, uh, they bring him back to one of the kids, they bring him back to Marshall's house and they have to like hide him from his mom. And it turns out that the mummy was just trying to find his significant other, like this queen that was in another coffin. Say about this movie. That song. That, that song plays repeatedly in this movie. It's the mummy's favorite and song. The mummy herald. As a kid, that's what I thought of every time I heard or thought of that song was this mummy. That's funny. Oh my god, yeah. that's actually really and funny. I, and I, I think, think maybe that. I still kind of do in the back of my head. Yeah. Yeah, but one thing I didn't, uh, I didn't 
realize, and I'm so glad that I looked it up, was that I was like, okay, who's the mummy? Like, who's walking around playing this guy? And uh, the actor is Bill, I'm going to butcher his last name, Fagerbacky? Fagerback? (laughs) Fagerback? Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he is the voice of Patrick Starr from Spongebob. Mm. And so... I love Spongebob. That's, like, something I grew up watching literally every day. And uh, if you listen close, the way that the mummy talks, it kind of sounds like how Patrick Starr speaks in this one episode of Spongebob where they're cavemen. So I just thought that that was kind of funny. But otherwise, the movie was pretty cute. Um, Happy ending. Happy ending. Obviously, like, the two 12-year-olds have crushes on each other, and they kind of fall oh in my love, God. which you I, love to see. <laughs> I, I thought that was cute. There was another movie, which we'll get to, where I was like, this was totally out of the blue. Oh, you know what? It was it was dear number 10. It was Don't Look Under the Bed. When Larry kisses Francis. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah, was like, wait, was what? Like, that was not established before. <laughs> I was like, okay, they're trying to, like, wrap a bow around this and, like, tie it all nice and pretty. Like, oh, there's also a little romance. But I did yeah. not get that at all. But at, at, in Under Wraps, I think it was totally evident that the characters, like, they, they're friends, but they didn't want to cross that line because they're, like, 12 or 13. Um, but, yeah, I thought I it was super cute. I do love how sassy Amy is, though. Like, she's got some lines in there that... I just think are so funny. Like when she talks about sleeping in the nude. Oh like, yeah. There's something. There are like a <laughs> couple she like say? sexual comments that totally went over. She always makes them. She always makes them to the one guy Gilbert. And there's there's one point where she says something like, I think it was the line where she's like, I sleep in the nude, and he's they're all riding bikes, and he rides and like runs into a pole or something, and he like falls <laughs> off. Bike, and it was like so stretched out, and she's like, "Come on, idiot!" <laughs> and they all yeah. get back on the bikes. Um, yeah, she's but so yeah, fun. I thought, I thought it was cute. I thought it was a great uh, Halloween movie that wasn't scary for kids. And I also thought that Amy looks like a young, like the actress that plays Amy looks like a young Bella. Wait, wait, Hadid. stop! I was gonna say that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And this is going to sound so random, but the orange theory that I've been going to, the girl, (laughs) shout out Sophie if you're listening, the girl who works the front desk looks just like her, like Bella Hadid. But then when I was watching this movie, I was like, this girl looks like Sophie. And then I'm like, so she's like a baby Bella Hadid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This girl looks just like her. She's got like the fair skin, freckles, light eyes, dark hair. Um super cute her name is clara bryant and i don't i don't think the actor a lot of the actors in this movie have been in anything else at least at least the kids they haven't really been in a lot of other productions but i yeah i like to make it out alive good for you Mm -hmm. Um, oh another fact about this one that i learned is that some disney fans consider this to be the first uh decom ever oh what yeah. is that? Do you know? Um, I think it was, like, clarified when Disney did this thing in, I want to say it was in 2015 or 2016, where they played, like, 
a hundred, they had reached like a hundred Disney Channel original movies and they started with this one and that's why people consider it the first one. Gotcha. Um, All right. But yeah. Moving on. That's under wraps. At number eight, we have Tower of Terror. Oh, you moved it. I moved moved it back way far. I remembered this movie. Okay, good. Because I agree with this. I thought... I agree with the new ranking. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why I remember it being so good, but it's Allie originally had this at number three. three? (laughs) And I was like, after I watched it, I was like, "Mm, I I think it's just because when I was a kid and I found out that Abigail and Sally were sisters, I was like, that was the greatest plot twist! (laughs) So basically there is... This movie is based on the Tower of Terror ride at Disney World slash Land. And I think it was basically made as a promotion for that solely and like a reason to make another Halloween movie. But basically you have this group of people who die in an elevator in this hotel on a random night in like the 30s or 40s. And then fast forward to the late 90s. It's haunted. Um, and there's just a lot of weird stuff going on, and anyway, um, yeah, I, it wasn't all that great, I was kind of disappointed, (laughs) but love to see Kirsten Dunst as, like, a little teenager. (laughs) She was, like, the only good part of that movie. (laughs) Yeah, and also, did you realize, um, although I don't know if the show was, like, totally up your alley or not, but... The little girl who plays Sally is um, Morgan from Honey Boy Boo Meets Boo? World. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I guess she does kind of look like Honey Boo Boo, but no, she's Morgan in Boy Meets World. Um, I did not really watch Boy Meets World, so I don't okay. know who that is. Something okay. to add to the list. <laughs> How? Have, what? <clears throat> That's crazy. What? What year did Boy Meets World come out? Probably like. I'm going to guess, I'm going to be totally wrong. I'm just going to look this up. But it ran for like eight seasons. Yeah, but I just really, really liked, like I don't, I watched cartoons for a really long time and then I made this switch where I exclusively watched sitcoms on Disney Channel. So like. Oh, I wouldn't have been wrong. I was going to say 94 and it was 93 to 2000. Okay, that's why, because I but first reruns, wasn't born, there was and then... reruns forever on like every every platform that you would have watched TV on Disney, ABC Family. We can't get into this now, but I just we won't we won't can't another time. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah, so. I I liked I liked other movies better than Tower of Terror. I thought it was interesting that they made a film based on an attraction. I thought that was pretty cool because then they they actually just filmed most of the movie at the park. They created a set around the um around the ride and then they used like a sound stage for the rest of it. Um I thought it was funny when this one guy, he's not like a, an important character, but he answers his beeper and I was like, "Whoa, I forgot those were things that people use to communicate <laughs> with each other." Mm-hmm. So that was that was cool. Uh, I totally saw the whole thing coming though, where like, it was a birthday party for the yeah for the, the woman who sister. cast the spell on them in the or first the older place. Sister. Right, 
Um, yeah, again, one of those things where totally makes sense now as a mature adult watching this film, but mm-hmm. as a kid, I thought it was crazy. So okay. spooky. Uh, number seven. Are we on number seven? Yeah. Mom's got a date with a vampire. Just finished watching that one today. Uh, another one I have great memories of watching. Um, and I, it still, for the most part, held up. However, it just, the ending, it's just resolved, like, way too quickly and easily. Yeah. For all the stress that you go through. The so, stress. <laughs> um, so stressed out. <laughs> okay, so you watch this one. I want to ask you something. Um, okay. Well, you watched all of them, but... <laughs> yes. So the friend of Adam, who is getting, like, the tickets to the concert... I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. You recognized him from something, right? I did, but actually, I didn't recognize him watching this. I recognized him watching Designated Survivor, and then I went back to, like, figure it out. And mm-hmm. so, obviously, it was just reiterated as I was watching this. Um, Jake Epstein... Uh, he was also in Quince, if you watched that movie. Oh, yeah. No, I totally Kimberly remember J. Quince. Brown, way back when. Love her. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about her later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Jake Epstein plays Duffy, the friend of the main character, Adam, who's played by Matt O'Leary, who you remember as Gary Giggles from Spy Kids 2 and 3. Yeah, that one I had to look up. That one I was yeah. like, where do I remember him from? I totally remembered his face. I was like, oh, I remember thinking he was cute when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah um but yeah i totally recognized uh jake epstein's like dopey looking like huh face and i was like where do i know that from and then i saw uh, that he plays chuck who is the kind of like the behind the scenes analyst like, yeah. who works with hannah wells he's like works for the fbi and designated survivors so that was yeah that was really funny when i started watching it and i was like early <gasps> this is the guy <laughs> humble beginnings <laughs> super <laughs> humble beginnings very humble beginnings but um shout out to caroline ray do you remember did you ever watch hollywood square like that's how i remember uh, oh um caroline i've seen ray. it i've like seen something a couple my episodes grandma of it, used to watch when i was young and so yeah. i remember watching this movie and being like oh my god she's on hollywood squares mm-hmm. um, i immediately i mean you see Car- i think you see caroline ray and you're like oh sabrina the teenage witch so that was what I knew her from. And I didn't watch that show. I, didn't, I haven't seen, like, every episode of that. But, obvious, like, obviously I've seen Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I mean, here we are talking about witches, Halloween movies. You know what? Of course I watched that show a little bit. She also plays the mom in Phineas and Ferb. Did you? Fun fact. <laughs> did you ever see Sabrina the Teenage, like, Sabrina the movie? Is it just Sabrina or Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Um, Not, like, that old movie, but the the one... The one that Steve, like, helped produce, no? I don't think I've seen the movie, no. Okay, because maybe... Steve is our professor from school. Yeah, I don't know. I think he helped produce it, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen it either, but that was one that maybe would have been worth watching for this. Guess we'll have to watch it next week. <laughs> next time. Um, but yeah, was this your first time watching this movie? This was my first time watching this movie, yes. Give me also a Also from the year 2000. Um, I thought it was really funny. So the the plot of the movie is that these, 
there's this family and the, the mom kids and dad go out on a Friday night so they get their Sam you gotta learn to ha- how to say this like more concisely they want to go out on a Friday night they get their mom a date with a vampire it's something I'm funny. working on it's funny because like now with dating sites and tinder and every type of app you could use to like find whoever's in your location but they literally look this guy up in like a newspaper and then they email him and the vampire just happens to have a computer next to his uh, coffin. <laughs> coffin. <laughs> they, so they email this guy and they're like, hey, we want to set you up on a date with our mom, uh, but don't tell her that we're doing this. They don't know he's a vampire, of course, at first when they do it. But one of the details I thought was funny was they're reading things about him like, uh, loves to travel, likes like long romantic walks and blah, 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 darkness. And hates at the Italian end, food. At the end, yeah, hates turtlenecks and Italian food. Hmm, okay. And I was like, oh, because he can't bite them and garlic. <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. Um, I also thought it was cool that they went to, they so the they go on the date and the mom brings the vampire to this place that plays rockabilly music. And I, I think if I watched this when it came out, I would have been like, what the hell is that? But I know what Rockabilly is because one of our friends, two of our friends used to DJ a show um, at our college radio station that played exclusively Rockabilly music. So I just thought that was interesting. It also made me miss Spy Kids because I all, I love the Spy Kids movies. And every time I saw the, yeah. the, the lead character, I was like, oh, Spy Kids. Did you notice the Vampire Slayer or Vampire Hunter who he is yeah he is the the actor's name is robert carradine and he played the dad in lizzie mcguire mm-hmm. and so i thought he did not look like they tried to make him look all ominous with the hat and the trench coat and i was like no he's just a goofy dad yeah but uh i recognize the charles sean nessie i guess is how you say his name mm-hmm. who plays uh the vampire dimitri and um, he also has been in a soap opera, Days of Our Lives, and he was also in The Nanny, which was a show in the 90s, I believe. Yeah, um, maybe that's but where I, I, I recognize him from a lot of things. I feel like that guy is like the Stanley Tucci of TV. Like, I feel like he's been in an episode of every single show yeah. on every network. <laughs> Just like how Stanley Tucci is in every kind of movie. He really is. Um, all right. Number six, Phantom of the Megaplex. I can't believe you moved it up one. (laughs) I actually, I don't know if I was just concentrating more on this one when I was watching it. I was kind of cooking and doing a lot of things as I watched these. Um, But no, I was, I mean, again, it does have that ending where you're like, okay, this was a lot. It's wrapped up in a bow. Yeah, like this was a lot of build up for like something that, wasn't all that climatic but um i really enjoyed it i i think what i love most about it is like the older brother yeah that's what i was gonna say his boyish charm his boyish charm Um, Allie loves some good boyish charm (laughs) like he just wants to do right by his mom and be a good big brother to his little brother and little sis um But basically, this is about a movie theater, if you remember, um, having a big premiere, and there is a phantom. It's kind of, it's like, it's like a 
kids version sort of of phantom right. of the opera yeah sort of but like, like not really but like <laughs> way less everything but like they just kept to the title kind of similar to phantom yeah. of the opera um and of course in the end it, the phantom just ends up being like the manager who's pissed off because a b and c things are not going his yeah way. exactly um but yeah, all in all, I also love little Jacob Smith. I don't know if you know who that is. He hasn't really been in anything recently. This is the little brother. He was in Cheaper by the Dozen. And when I was in like second and third grade, probably not second grade, but third grade, had like the biggest crush on him. Oh, hell yes. I thought he was like the most gorgeous boy. He was like the mm-hmm. first boy that I was like, oh my, you know, first actor. Oh I my. Like, I have such a crush on Jacob Smith. Um, so he's, like, little boy cute in this movie, though. He's still, like, very young. Yeah, he's supposed to be, like, what, eight or something like that in this movie? Yeah, something like that. Um, there was one scene, I thought the whole movie was, like, super cringy. I was like, I gotta put on my cringe goggles for this one. But I could tell immediately why you would have put this in your ranking because of the lead actor, Taylor Handley, playing Pete Riley. And he was also in the OC, so I was like, oh, maybe she remembers him from the OC, too. Let me look that up. No. <clears throat> um, he was in the OC. He was in a show called APB and another show called Vegas. Um, and there was one scene in the movie that I liked, and it was really just the dialogue that one of the one of these older characters, he, like, pretends to work at the Megaplex because he just really likes movies. And so he's telling the two younger siblings, the littles, um, how when you grow up, you, your world just kind of runs out of magic and you start to learn that like Santa is your parents and the tooth fairy doesn't exist and blah, blah, blah. And so you go to the movie theater to bring that magic back into your life. And I was like, exactly. This is why we need movies. This is why people go to the movies to escape our crumbling world (laughs) and i think Um, so i thought that was a nice scene that's probably why i ranked it so high um also give credit where credit is due mickey rooney like hello this obviously gets knocked up higher because of him and the character that he plays um but also kind of ironic that he would be in like a very cheesy kids film okay at number five, we'll go through this quickly. This one is where I'm throwing you for a loop. This is the one I added because it occurred to me that I did not have it on my original list. The Adams Family. I watched it this morning. Um, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's like a 90s remake of what was a classic television show. So it's not like the most classic. I'm talking about obviously the the 90s film we've got here with uh, Christina Ritchie as Wednesday Adams. Um, but uh, I think you just got to put it on the list for that reason. So that's why that's there. I know I've seen it, but it's been a really long time. Basically, they're uh, looking for. Well, they're not looking for. Um, uh gomez's brother fen what's his name fens or something uh is missing and 
they're trying they have like these seances to try to get him back he comes back but it's really this other guy who's pretending to be him to steal his money and then in a dramatic turn of events at the very end you find out that it actually was his brother who suffered from dementia and like or not dementia um uh what's it called when you lose your memory amnesia amnesia um so anyway it's just like crazy um anyway okay number four the little vampire this one i liked it's so I thought cute it was, right i thought it was super cute yeah you gotta love jonathan ripnick who was in Stuart little and a couple other a couple other big films as a young kid like mike um and other things um I think I love this movie because it's in Scotland, so it just looks really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I totally got that too. I think that <clears throat> I think I ranked this number four just because Jonathan Lipnick is Lip. Oh, I'm saying that wrong. Lip Lipnicky. Yeah. Uh, is so cute, and that's that's my hot take. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's super cute. I mean, if you like Stuart Little, you'll probably like this movie. This is also one of the movies that was a feature film, and um, it actually was released at the Edinburgh Film Festival. No way. August of 2000, and then it was released in the U.S. on, like, October 27th, right before Halloween the same year. Um, Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. It's another thing that's based on a book series, and the series was written by Angela Sommer Bodenberg. She's a German writer, I believe. And so the the name is like Der Clean Vampire. That's not I'm not saying correctly, but in German that means the little vampire. Um and it's about the same thing, a human boy, but the boy's named Anton and a vampire boy named Rudiger. So they changed the names to Tony and Rudolph and uh made it into a movie. I thought it was great. So, so, so number three. Number three. All right, we're getting into the good ones now. The ones that I have a lot to say. Um, number three, Casper, as in Casper the Friendly Ghost. This stars again Christina Ricci, uh, a little bit more mature, playing a more mature role. Nineteen ninety five, I believe. Yep. Um and. I definitely watched this multiple times as a kid. Um, And I don't know. This is just like quintessential. Like you've got this mansion in Bane that's very spooky. And these ghosts that are haunting it. But they're kind of funny. I don't know. It was just a great kids movie, I thought, as a a child. Yeah, it's one of the first feature films. There's another one that was not a decom made for the movie theater. Um, to have a full CGI character in a leading role. Just a fun fact about that. Roger Ebert, like the film critic, gave the film three out of four stars and called it a technical achievement. Even though it was a kid's movie, it was just like a big deal to have an animated character. Yeah, at um, the time. In live action thing. Yeah, at the time. So in 1995. Um, the year we were born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For context. I, I liked it too a lot um i thought that christina ritchie was really good 
I thought parts of it were really sad, though, too. And I, I if I had seen this as a kid, I wouldn't have picked up on it, obviously. But um, I was going to say, she, in my opinion, um, always plays, like, and I, I thought about this watching the movie. She is so mature. Like, as a child actress, I felt like she was so mature. And I kind of feel that way about a lot of roles that she has played um, or did play when she was younger. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, even though it is a kid's movie and it's kind of lighthearted, she has, like, this deep longing to find her mother and to understand Casper as someone who is not alive. Um, and I don't know. I I was very impressed. Yeah, I think she did a great job. Um because how old is she supposed to be in the movie? Like 12, 13. 13, 12. Yeah. yeah. I think they say um, maybe 13. Yeah. Well, at the yeah, very end right. when her parents are talking, they say something about we got a teenager on our hands. So she's yes. like right on that, right on yes, that edge. Definitely. Um, but yeah, parts of it were definitely kind of sad. Like when she figures out how Casper died, which he got pneumonia mm-hmm. and died. Speaking of that, though, again, this is a reference that's going to kill me because I, like, know you're not going to get it, but the guy who plays, the actual actor, not the voice actor, but the actor who plays Casper when Casper, like, comes to life for a short period of time. Devin Sawa? Yes. He, does Does that mean anything to you? Does he um, mean anything to you? Well, I I know from doing my research that he was also in Now and Then. Yeah. So they were both in that movie, too. He is, like, he was, like, the preteen heartthrob of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally know him best from Now and Then, um, which I love because he also played aside Christina Ricci. And did they, wait, did they kiss in Casper? They do. They do. Okay. They also kiss in now and then, but they're, like, a Yay. little bit older. Of course, that's the classic, like, she's the leader of the girl gang, and he's the oldest brother of the boys who terrorize the whole neighborhood, but they're in love. Um, so, yeah, that's what I know him from. Such a 90s. Uh, best as. But he's also in Little Giants. Again, he plays, like, the cute boy next door character, um, which there is no kissing in that movie. I'm still upset about it. Um, but yeah, I just, ugh, I remember him being like such a heartthrob and I know other people feel similarly. Maybe I was a little ahead of my time, but he's a great child actor with great hair. What's that haircut <laughs> called when it's like what? swoopy? The nineties, the like swoopy. Oh, haircut. like it's parted in the middle, but like kind of flops yeah. in the front, and like it's like windswept, but like also kind of styled. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what that cut is called. But yeah, I mean, I'm he is not in this movie very long. Like he's in a couple. Which he's is, in like one scene of the movie. It's like so heartbreaking. It's like Beauty and the Beast, right? Like that actor who <laughs> plays the Beast at the end. He's so beautiful, and you're like, why were you keeping this from me the entire movie? <laughs> but at least in Beauty and the Beast, it's him in costume, whereas in okay. Casper, it's an animation <laughs> played right. by a different voice actor. But yeah, I thought he was good. I know we've seen that. I've watched Now and Then with you, but I don't really remember it. 
He's so cute. We'll watch it again. (laughs) I I know that you're ready to watch it whenever whenever we get together. Um, What else do I have to say about this movie? I thought it was like kind of they they like put parts in where like he dies of pneumonia, but then the two people who are trying to get the treasure in the mansion just like die, and it's funny. So I it it was kind of like. They, get, they wanted serious parts, but it's also, they're like, okay, it's a kid's movie, and it's funny, and whatever. Um, but they were but evil. They, yeah, they're evil. Um, but also, what, I don't know if I just, like, missed this part, because I was doing other things while I was watching it, but what, the whole thing is that, like, they're ghosts because they have unfinished business. So what's Casper's unfinished business? Um, I think his unfinished business is, like, that he... I don't know, he wanted, like, a friend, a girlfriend, maybe? <laughs> he needed to fall in love. I guess so. Um, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, and that did kind of occur to me, but I guess I just accepted that it was either, like, he was searching for friendship, or, you know, maybe he was, like, so young he didn't learn enough. I don't know. Just one thing I was wondering. I don't know if there is an answer or not. I know there are other Casper movies. I don't know if they're connected to this one. Well, I was going to ask, have you ever seen Casper meets Wendy? Yes, I've definitely seen that one. Yeah, that's a great one, too. I was going to... It would have been... It would have gotten, like, too confusing to add, like, all the Halloween towns and all the Caspers and all the movies that had, like, Twitches 2 to this list. Yeah, to have, like, a series. So they're all, we're just going to call them all under their parent movie. Um, But Casper Meets Wendy is a great film, too, starring little Hilary Duff. Yeah, I remember watching it, like, they would put it on in October on Disney Channel um, when I was, like, in the middle of watching Lizzie McGuire. And I was like, oh my god, she's so cute. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was probably, like, closer to her age in that movie than I was to her age in Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> yeah. But it's anyway. Funny. Great Isn't movie. it weird? Do you ever think about, like, when you were six or seven years old and you, like, couldn't wait to be 13 to be, like, Lizzie McGuire? And now you're, like, 23. I just remember so vividly there was, like, <laughs> an episode where she was I think they were in eighth graders and there was this do you remember the episodes with the seventh grader that would copy her I think they, so. they called the seventh grader um they called the seventh grader Sevies. so she's like what are those Sevies doing over there <laughs> and this girl is dressed literally same shirt with like tie-dye butterfly on it crimped hair yeah I was like oh my god I can't wait to do that in middle school <laughs> yeah but okay. anyway I digress. Number two. Number two. Halloween Town. This is you like... You knew it was coming. Yeah, you knew it was coming. It's just like one of my favorite movies of all time, maybe. Like, I could watch this over and over and over again. Marnie Piper, I love her spunk. Um... I don't feel like we have to go into the story too much because I think most people have probably yeah, seen it. We don't have to talk about the story. We we all know and love it. Yeah. Um, Debbie Reynolds is a gem. I love, again, this is another movie where it's like 
a cheesy kids film, but they threw like a really great actress in there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably to get like the older crowd watching it, which is good. Um, and I think that that speaks a lot to it because I know this is a movie that like for me personally, um, like my parents would sit down and watch with me when I was a kid. Yeah, it's just so fun. Like the idea of a place where all these monsters live in peace. You got Debbie Reynolds, who's just like you said, a gem. She's just a sweet grandma to her grandkids. And she just wants them to participate in like their culture, their identity. Um, And then eventually they all do. And it's like about family. It's about female empowerment. It's about witches three great things to put in a movie mm-hmm. um i love obviously all the quotes that people always pull from the movie like um what's the one that debbie reynolds says she's like being normal is vastly overrated. overrated yeah that one's a good one um when she totally just like dismisses the guy who's hitting on her like that's a good scene <laughs> what guy wait wait when Marnie, uh, the, oh, when the like goblin kid Luke comes up to her, yeah. and he's like, he like does he makes like a really bad pass at like hitting on her to ask her out, and she's like, uh, no, <laughs> it's great, love I it. I must have smelt the big cheese. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh, so that was good. Wait, I'm remembering now what I the point I wanted to make like a half an hour ago about some Probably, an like, overarching thing. Ago. It's just that, like, all of these movies have, uh, like, very, I don't want to say obvious, but, like, just typical, dumb, like, camera movements or cliche. That's the word I'm looking for. Cliche, like, spooky things going on in them. Maybe not so much Halloween Town, where it's, like, so predictable. Anyway, um... But no, I think Halloween Town is a little bit more unique um, than the other ones in that, yeah, like they created this whole new world. And clearly it was a success because they went on to make another, what, three, three movies? movies? Mm-hmm. And I know there's always talks of more coming, which like I'm totally down for. It'll never be as good as the first. But I am a really big fan of Halloween Town 2. Because it's like all the same actors and Calabar's Revenge. (laughs) Yes. I literally remember being in first grade and I had a friend and we convinced ourselves that we were witches or like we're pretending. (laughs) And we would do like the back into the mortal realm through the portal we take our or whatever it was. Like we put our fingers up against each other as if we had like magical powers. It was crazy. That's but, cute. Um, something to be said for a franchise that inspired young children to think that they were possessed uh, magical powers. <laughs> that and like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Halloween Town is just like, it's pure fun. There's nothing too scary about it, so anyone can really watch it. And one thing that I... I think I what made it not scary for me as a kid was the fact that, I mean, you could talk about the difference in costumes. If you compare this, so this is 1998, and uh, Don't Look Under the Bed is the next year, 1999, but 
don't look under the bed when they have the boogeyman dressed up like he's in full costume his hands are all gross and the fingernails get long and the hair is all scary and the teeth are like rotting out of his mouth but in halloween town it's just like everyone's wearing a mask and then some people still have human hands so none of it is scary Mm -hmm. and then you can just like sit back and enjoy the movie i used to watch this over and over again when i was a kid and then eventually i would watch um i i actually really liked the um the fourth halloween town even though they recast uh kimberly j brown I still really liked the movie because I thought it was... Yeah, no, I, I liked the it too. Was cool. There's not um, any one of them that I dislike. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're all they're all good movies. And the place where they shot them, St. Helens, Oregon. And there's another place in Oregon, Scapoose, that they Don't shot they have a, the movie. Don't they have a festival? festival? Yeah, every that's so year. Cool. And a couple years ago, Kimberly J. Brown went... And she, like, spoke, and everyone took pictures with her, and um, it was really cute. And actually, um, let me see if I can pull this up. So I was on Snapchat today, and uh, I saw that there was a story that Seventeen Magazine did where they interviewed Kimberly J. Brown, and I was like, oh, this is fitting. And so um, they asked her... Do you have a dream plot line for Halloween Town 5? Have you ever thought about it? Because they asked her if she would come back in a reboot, and she was like, oh, hell yes. So this is what she said to the question, um, if she has a plot line for the fifth installment, if it were to happen. She said, I haven't thought about it in depth. I had somebody ask me recently if Marnie was married with kids, and it got me thinking about it a little bit. I feel like she would be doing something in Halloween Town Council or something rather than being fully settled down with a family and everything. Plus, the last time we saw her, she was in college, so I don't think she's at that point yet. But who knows? With her, the possibilities are endless. Which is true. Totally. I'm so into it. I would be so down for that. Let's do it, Sam. We can produce movies now. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when I was a kid, I I think I knew I wanted to be in the media industry when I was in, like, middle school. And I was still watching some of these movies as, like, a 12, 13-year-old. And um, I think my goal was to, like, be Kenny Ortega. That's when I was, like, in middle school. I was like, I just want to grow up and make Disney Channel original movies. Okay, he did more than that, but we'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Okay, and... The moment you've all been waiting for. At number one, we have no surprises here. You totally could not guess, even if you tried. You've probably already watched it five times this Halloween season. Hocus Pocus. Yay. Um, so the first time I ever watched Hocus Pocus, I was probably in kindergarten and my dad sat me down. Kind of funny, too, because he's never the type to, like, want to watch a movie or go to the movies or do anything like that. Um, But he was all excited about it for some reason. Again, very strange. And um, made me watch it. I was kind of scared of it, but I was proud of myself for making it through. And since then, it's always been one of my favorite, not even just, like, Halloween movies, but one of my favorite movies, period. I haven't, I saw this movie when I was a kid, but my brother was terrified of the Sanderson sisters, so we didn't really watch it a whole lot around October um, at my house, but 
now that I've watched it again and I had no distractions while I was watching it, um, I can, like, it's obvious why it's a cult classic. It, it just looked like so much fun to make and, uh, Bette Midler does such a great job and so does Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimy. Uh, really good casting. The characters are fun. The, I also really like the, the cat. Like, Binks. Yeah, he's just so cute. <laughs> and I love Binks. I think it just reminded me of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which, you know, also had Salem the Talking Cat. But, um... Yeah, which came first? I wonder who stole that idea from who. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, my favorite sister is definitely Mary. I think she's the funniest. I just love that she ends up riding the vacuum cleaner. Um, <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts. And, um... One thing that I learned while watching, researching the movie was that uh, the role of Mary Sanderson was originally offered to Rosie O'Donnell, but she had this issue with her character killing children. She didn't really want to be associated with that. So it ended up going to Kathy and Jimmy. And Interesting. The role I can of- sort of see Rosie O'Donnell playing that do- that role, but I think like I said, good. it's so classic, I wouldn't I wouldn't look to change it. Mm-hmm. And but. another another role that could have been different um, was Max. The role of Max, the lead character in the film, was originally offered to Leonardo DiCaprio, but he didn't accept because he wanted to work on What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which then his which career is, took off from there. Have you seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape? What do you think? Um, well, what I was going <laughs> to say is... Oh, no, you haven't. Nope. Um, that's like... He was very young at the time, but I do think it set the tone for him to have, like, a very successful acting career. So, as cool as it would have been to have seen him in Hocus Pocus, um, I'm glad he did What's Eating Gilbert Great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could have had a totally different career path had he done this movie instead. Also, I was saying to you earlier, I sort of feel like it wouldn't, Hocus Pocus would not be looked at as, like, a classic Halloween movie, it would be like a classic Leo DiCaprio movie. Right. Now, potentially. I don't know. So it'd be interesting, but um, I'm happy it was casted the way it was. I think, uh, what's that actor's name who plays Max? Uh, he, um, he does a great Omri job. something. He's got the boyish charm too. I'm very into it. Yeah, and the same haircut that every guy has in all these movies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, the 90s were a great time. <laughs> Um, Great time in the night. I make the joke all of the time, and sometimes people get it, and sometimes they don't. But whenever, I don't know, whenever I want to be funny, or it suits me, or the moment's right, <laughs> I go, Allison, Allison, kiss me, I'm Allison. Because obviously, he's got a crush on Allison, and uh, Lil Thor Birch makes fun of him for it. Mm-hmm. I also, honestly Max is like so great he's like really got balls like he just his family moves from LA to Salem and he gives the cutest girl in his class his number in front of the whole class like nice it's what someone in LA would do yeah Maybe. they call him Hollywood the bullies call him Hollywood <laughs> uh, I love it um, also the director the one and only, the great Kenny Ortega. Mm-hmm. When we spent our semester, I don't know if you remember me telling you this, we spent our semester in LA. I think like 
months before we were maybe watching a high school musical or something and i just remember talking about wanting to write him a letter just to ask to be his personal assistant <laughs> i think i do remember it yeah um like hey kenny can i be your bitch <laughs> like hocus pocus between hocus pocus and high school musical and i know you're gonna pick high school musical over hocus pocus but of course gotta do it those are two movies that i have like defined my like coming of age experience in so many ways um i can't even imagine like my life without them um (laughs) so he's obviously like just so talented and this was obviously a great film yeah and more recently kenny ortega has directed the uh descendants movies which there is descendants and descendants 2 um, and that's more of, like, the people who are 13 and under now, those will, that will be their, like, coming-of-age movie, which is very different from Hocus Pocus, but... It'll be um, interesting to see what movies, like, become classic in that way, though. Because this, for me, is, like, a family movie that, like, we all watch together. But I don't know what the descendants are. I guess maybe I've heard of it. The plot... I mean, not the plot, but, like, the premise of Descendants is that it's about villains from Disney movies, kids, and they all, like, go to high school together or something like that. That's Um, cool. So there's, like, you know, you've got, like, the daughter of Captain Hook and, like, the daughter of Maleficent and the son of, I don't know, who's, like, a classic Disney villain. Well, I get, I understand. You can look it up. But, yeah, so Kenny Ortega has done that, too. Um, and he's also done the Cheetah Girls. He, I, I didn't know this, but he directed the Winter Olympics opening ceremony in 2002. I think I remember reading about that somewhere. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hocus Pocus is great. I love the subtle, well, they're not really that subtle, but they, you don't, they just go over your head when you're a kid. They're not subtle at all. A virgin must light the black flame candle. Yeah, they make a big deal about how Max is a virgin. Um, They call boobs yabos. They, the bus driver asks the Sanderson sisters what they're looking for, and Winnie tells them they're looking for children, and he tells them, like, oh, I, I, it might take me a few tries, but I think I can help you out. So, you know, you get it now. This is something that, uh, I don't know if you knew, I didn't know this, but last month it was confirmed that a remake is in the works for a Hocus Pocus remake on Disney Channel. I think I saw something about it on Facebook. I'm so not in for that. It's like, why fix what isn't broken? You have this iconic film. Because money, they can make money with a new audience watching it. And different kind of CGI. It won't be good. Like, it just won't compare at all. I think, okay, I am more interested in a potential, like, um, prequel or sequel type thing. I think a reboot would be way better than a remake because then you can have the same. Because I know Bette Midler said that this was, like, one of the most fun projects she ever did. She loved playing Winnie. Really? So I'm sure, yeah. And I'm sure that um, Kathy and Sarah Jessica Parker would come back, too, if, like, the three of them were all in a reboot. I would hope so. It would be amazing. Um, I don't know if that's p- 
possible, like, I don't know if that's possible because they, like, killed them or whatever, but they, they can find some loopholes and do some movie magic. Uh, but oh, I, would, yeah, I would see a reboot over remake, but of course it's not going to compare to the original at all. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not so interested in that. I would prefer, and here's the thing, too, and I, I feel the same way about High School Musical. Kenny Ortega has to direct it. Like, if he's not directing it, I don't want to be a part of it at all. Mm-hmm. Orig- apparently, the original producer, David Kirshner, is going to produce this remake. So at least that's good, I guess. So maybe he'll get Kenny to work on it. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, but yeah, just uh, a great film all around. So many good lines. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. I was going to make a joke, an inside joke, but I'm not going to because no one else will get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to cut that for the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be like, oh, what is it? Oh, okay. Don't get to know the joke. Um, but They're I was going to ask bu- you... We're just a bunch of Irish Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> yep, don't get it. Um, so what are you going to be for Halloween? It's in a couple, um, couple weeks. I have no plans. I have no costume. I have, like, leftover costumes from years before. I always save my costume. Goes in the Halloween bin in the basement. That's but, great. Um, I don't know yet. Yeah, I wish I could say I was being something exciting, but I'm just going to probably recycle an old costume because I have plenty costumes from my many years at college and ideas of things I can rip off from other people Um, because I've never gone out in Buffalo. And this is probably the first year since like freshman year of school where I don't need to have like multiple costumes because yeah, I'm probably one. I'm probably only going to go out one night. Me too. Um so It's harder though cuz then you have to really decide. Yeah, I don't know. My, like costume A, B, and C. Honestly, I would rather stay in on Halloween and watch Hocus Pocus than like <laughs> go out and do anything costume. Well, I don't know. That's kind of a lie. But my point is, like, when I was a kid, I never liked, like, the getting dressed up never was something that excited me. I always thought it was kind of weird and scary. <laughs> really? So I Halloween's, like, not my holiday. Maybe that makes me a bum. I don't know. I was, like, so about trick-or-treating. I would lead the pack, which in my neighborhood, it was, like, not a great... Like, if you were trying to get as much candy as possible you wouldn't go trick-or-treating in my neighborhood because it's, like, it's very hilly and the houses are a little bit wider. Or they're, they're a little bit further apart than in other parts of my neighborhood. So we learned early on, don't go up the street to go trick-or-treating. We have to go down, and then we get some parent to pick us up when we're done. But I always love dressing up. I used to dress up. I would make my brother play dress-up with me, and I would put him in the bell costume. Ooh. And he was such a good sport about it. Like, best bro ever. Um, but there's pictures of us, and I'm wearing, like, a Little Mermaid costume. And he's wearing the golden gown from the final scene of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so so you don't know what you're going to be, though? I want to be Wonder Woman, but I don't want to spend the money at Party City to get the costume. 
Fair. So I'll probably just wear my Black Widow costume again. You could get and very yeah. creative. I could. I actually, I looked up, like, how to make a convincing Wonder Woman costume, and I don't know if you've ever been to, like, a Comic-Con kind of thing or anything where people do cosplay, but people get so into it, and they're really, really good at making costumes. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, blown away by this tutorial this guy had he's like okay so you got this stuff and then here's what you do and you trace this out and you cut that and have you uh, seen he made it for his wife and it was like really good have you seen some of the like makeup tutorials for pennywise no but i saw a really scary one on instagram the other day on the explore page and i was like ah like people (laughs) i don't want to see like these in-depth tutorials like how to make yourself literally look like a clown that wants to kill people it's terrifying Uh, that's why why i'm not a halloween person because i'm like it's just an excuse for the weirdos to (laughs) roam about freely to take their costumes off get it um yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do i wish trick-or-treaters came to our house because i would totally be content like handing out candy to little kids do they not um they yeah they don't come up the street really everyone goes where it's more flat in my neighborhood so um, so you don't, don't really get any trick-or-treaters not really we also it's just like that's so sad you know how like it moves in like the people that live in your town kind of like goes in cycles of like everyone's really young now and all the yeah, young parents true. are moving now the kids are starting to get older and so there's just not as many people trick-or-treating around here i'm excited sad. to ha- that's what i'm excited for i'm excited to hand out candy to the trick-or-treaters that's Give really good cute stuff. like seeing the little kids I oh, will. it's adorable. If you come to my house, I should buy the candy this year. You're getting strictly, like, Butterfingers. Or what What else is good? Butterfingers and, like, Reese cups. I was going to say, you got to get Reese's. Um, I think a good candy to give out is, like... Why'd you make that face? Do you not... I hate Butterfingers. <laughs> Are you kidding? You're nuts. You're nuts for Butterfingers. <laughs> Butterfingers no, I, are like the best candy bar ever made. I'm thinking about it now. I don't know when the last time I had a Butterfinger is. I might go to the store and buy one. That was always a candy that I would give to my mom if I got. I'd be like, Mom, I got some Butterfingers for you when I went trick-or-treating. Oh, my no, you gotta God. You got to get Reese's. You got to have the mini, like, Kit Kat, Three Musketeers, Milky I hope Way, my Twix, kids don't like Butterfingers when they're old enough to go trick-or-treating because then I'll eat them. <laughs> um, You're crazy. That's what we've learned today. I'm literally an insane person. <laughs> no, I just, I just like everybody. Chocolate. Tweet us your favorite Halloween candies right now. We need to know favorite Halloween candy, and if you've seen these movies, what did you think of them? Just to uh, reiterate, Allie's ranking. We're gonna go from number ten. I don't even know 10. if I agree with my ranking. I, well, I agree for now. with like the top four, five. Okay, five, four. <laughs> In this moment, Allie's ranking is number 10, Don't Look Under the Bed from 1999. Number 9, Under Wraps, 1997. Number 8 is Tower of Terror, which is from 1997 as well. Number 7, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire from the year 2000. Number 6, Phantom of the Megaplex, also from 2000. Number 5, The Addams Family, which is from... Uh, 1993. 93. 
Number four is The Little Vampire from the year 2000. Number three is Casper from 1995. Number two, the original Halloween Town from 98. And number one, of course, Hocus Pocus 1993. So if you like any of those movies, please oh, let I'm us sorry. know. Oh, I'm sorry. 91 is The Addams Family. Okay, scratch that. 91, Adam's Family. <laughs> I was wrong. Um... Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, hope you enjoyed. Bridget, hope you enjoyed. Because <laughs> yeah. I know she's listening. So we'll shout give a out shout Bridget out. Shout out Bridget Fallon. If Love you, girl. made it an hour and a half into this dumb conversation about our favorite Disney Channel Halloween movies. We love you. Next week, we're doing some music. Finally. I'm so excited to be able to take in this content that is not gonna take me hours and hours to watch yes but anyway thanks for listening hope you had a a great time and enjoy your halloween bye Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of Delayed Reactions. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DelayedRxNS. On Facebook, we're Delayed Reactions Podcast. Delayed Reactions is available on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you got an inquiry for Allie or me, send it to DelayedReactionsPodcast at gmail.com. Happy Halloween. Talk to you soon.